everybody. Welcome into the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast. Your two favorite youth pastors, Kyle and Derek, back for another episode of probably the greatest podcast on earth, or at least in the top 150,000. I think you're going to have to redo how you introduce me because while I'm a youth pastor at heart, technically, yeah, I don't technically. There's five stages of um, grief. Grief. Yep. And I number one is just denial. Live in denial <laughs> uh, at all times. So. Perfect. Done deal. That's uh, that's that's my plan. Anyways, uh, we are we are talking. This is going to be a really fun episode today. Heck yeah, it is. Uh, talking about money and uh, how much youth pastors should get paid and, and how to get more of it. And obviously, ways to scam your church and your youth and your senior pastor into giving you more money without going to jail. Well, yes, that's uh, preferred. We're not going to say it's required, okay. but uh, there, there's like a whole moral. Uh, Quick question of the day, Kyle: How many offshore God. accounts do you have? <laughs> I don't have any, but our youth ministry funnels all of our missions money Smart. through our offshore accounts, and uh, well, that way we can uh, kind of clean it off and go from there. So, yikes! <laughs> this is terrifying. Uh, no, we are going to talk about uh, about finances today, uh, specifically compensation when it comes to youth pastors. But I thought we'd start off, Derek, with a with a fitting quick question. Yeah. Uh, what was the first job that you ever had? I was just telling our admin this probably a week or two ago because um, I was in the office shredding some documents. Uh, uh, which sounds sounds sketchy. Yep. But um, it was it was old release forms from years ago oh, that yeah. I no longer needed in my desk. Yep. Um, and so I was shredding them, and it reminded me my first job ever. I think I was paid ten bucks for the day, which was horrific compensation. Um, but I had to. My dad works at an insurance agency, and so he brought me in when I was like, man, twelve, thirteen, something like that to shred all of their documents that they didn't need. So for six hours a day, I had, you know, those like banker's boxes. Oh yeah. I had like 30 or 40 of those filled with documents that I just had to shred every day. Um, you got paid $10 a day. Yeah. That's, uh, most States and even countries would consider that child labor. Yeah. But it was Uh, my dad. So to not do that would be nepotism. Uh, no, I, well, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure where the line falls on that. Um, either way, it wasn't like a, Hey dad, I want some more money. Can, can I have a job? It was more so like him saying, Hey, you're going to do this and I'll pay you 10 bucks. Yeah. It was more like a, this is how you are allowed to remain living in my house. Pretty much. Thing. Yep. <laughs> what, uh, what about like, uh, like your first, like, so I got to j- fill out a W2 for so this. job, job. Okay. You're going to laugh at me for this, but probably it's just par for the course in this episode or in this, this podcast thing. So, um, I worked at a pet resort and yes, you heard that correct. Mm. So, uh, so many questions. It Continue. W- it was, it was, called a pet resort, but it really was just a boarding facility where you'd bring your dog if you're going out of town and they could sit there and, you know, get a bath and get all this different stuff. And it was, it was fine. But I say it loosely because what happened was the guy I worked for, the guy who owned said pet resort was also renovating a house of his. And so while I was on the payroll for this pet resort, I was in charge of basically doing all the stuff he didn't want to do and he didn't want to pay somebody to do to renovate his house. So like 
one day I was in there ripping out copper wires, and then the next day I had to throw it all in a burn pile, burn the wires. Then the following day I'd have to go into the ashes and pick out all the copper because like it would you'd burn off like the coating around the copper, and he was cheap, so he wanted me to go dig through the pile of ashes, pull out the copper wires, and then put him in a trailer for him to kind of do that. And so like I literally like it was the worst job, and like. It wasn't the work so much, but this guy, like, I don't say this as like a way to blast him, but like, he was the biggest jerk I've ever met in my entire life. He sounds like a keeper. He, so this, this is just the, the cherry on top. So, um, one day, um, because not only was I renovating his new house, I was also preparing his present or past house so he could sell that and move into the one we were renovating. So he wanted me to restain his deck, which if you ever if you ever stained a deck, I have. It's not fun. No, it is not. And so I'm sitting there and like I've never stained a deck before, and so he wants me to stain his deck, which was his first mistake. So I'm there. He, he tells me to be careful with everything, and stain on like paint is like oil or water based, oh, yeah. so it's very watery, and so. Um, like I, you know, it drips and it runs and it does all this stuff. So I'm getting stain on my gloves and I didn't realize it. And so I'm up on against the, the edge of the house, like painting his deck with stain and my gloves are resting up against his white slash yellow vinyl siding. So I've got now stain all up and down his, his siding, which he was not. So he comes over at the end of the day and I'm thinking, yeah, I did a good job and he chews my but like cusses me yep. up one side down the other side. And I'm like, man, this sucks. <laughs> and so why am I doing this? So the next day I'm trying to be super careful. I was like, that was not fun. I'm going to be extra careful today. So I open up the stain away from the deck. I set it like way away from the deck. I make sure I'm always checking my gloves. I'm thinking, you know, this is a good day. Uh, a few, few hours later, I'm stepping backwards to try and check out the deck to make sure I'm doing a good job. Yep knock over a full can of stain on his cement patio that is yep. like that marble white and all over his patio. <laughs> when I tell you he wasn't happy with me, I thought about just running for Canada because the dude just erupted on me. So needless to say, my first job experiences were not ideal. They don't sound ideal. No, they weren't. So... There's, I have a lot of questions about this whole experience you just laid out. Yeah. I think the first one is you, so this guy, you're doing like personal work for him. Yep. And he's funneling his payment of you through his, his, business. Com- his business. Yes. Does any, like, anybody want to comment on that? Like, we're, we're just going to let that go. So, <laughs> so as we're talking about not going to jail and swindling and fraud, right. this is like a legitimate offshore accounts. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, so that's a thing. Yeah, I yeah, and if you're if you're gonna hire a high school student to to stain your deck, you need to lower your expectations. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, dude, when I tell you, like, my self esteem is still a little bit in shambles from this guy. Like, <laughs> Derek he, he will was, never stain a deck again. He, well, it's not just that he wanted. I broke one of his saws, and he he called me names, and it was. Quite frankly, maybe I should just call the call the cops on them now. That'd be that'd be restitution. But I feel like the statute of limitations uh, has probably <laughs> it's run only out. been eleven years. Yeah, you need to. What does uh, God say about forgiveness? I mean, um, I forgive him. I just don't like him. 
Well, that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> is that, I'll allow it. Is, is that a thing? I'll allow it. Um, yeah, I know. So the first time, actually, my parents had a business when I was growing up and I would stock shelves for them. So that was uh, your first job? So that was my first job. job. I got like a quarter uh, for for everything that I stocked, or so, I don't remember how it worked. Wow, that's or, actually a good. It was it was decent decent payment. There wasn't like a it wasn't a large quantity, but it worked out. But uh, no, I think that uh, my my first real job was probably officiating basketball games. Ooh. Uh, if I re- if I remember correctly, I our high school had an elective called sports officiating where we learned how to referee basketball and volleyball. Okay. And then I turned that into um, refing middle school basketball games uh, on on some like weeknights and stuff. Uh, you know, like a lot of times, you know, schools or cities will have yeah. like, you know, city league or, yep. or, or school league or something like that. And so I'd ref those. Uh, and it, you know what, you make uh, pretty good money as a high schooler refing uh, sporting events. So that what? was, that was sweet. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, and it, it trained me to tune out angry parents, mm-hmm. which is a skill that I use often as a youth pastor. Yeah. So it, 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 it directly <laughs> translates. I presume you put that on your resume, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, we are we are talking today about you know what should youth pastors get paid, uh, and and we just did uh, an episode a couple of episodes back on how you know youth ministry is not a job; it's a lifestyle. Yeah, and that that's true of all youth min- of all ministry positions, not just uh, youth pastors. But the best place to begin this conversation is that you don't go into youth ministry to get paid. Yes, you shouldn't. Uh, right. Yes, you should not go into youth ministry to get paid. Uh, you do it because you're passionate about it, because you want to serve, because God has called you to this. Uh, there is more often than not, not a lot of money to be found no. in pastoring. No. Uh, especially if you're doing it right. Well, and it's one of those things where... You know, this is a cheesy meme that I saw when I was in Bible college and I was like, man, that's cheesy. But like, it's still something I think about frequently is, you know, if you go into ministry, you're you're not in it for the income, you're in it for the outcome. Like, I, again, cheesy, mm-hmm. but like, I, I think it really does kind of sum up the fact that like, if you're a good youth pastor, if you're a good pastor in general, like you don't, <laughs> we joked about it in that other episode, but like, you're not, you know, hitting the wanted ads and saying, Hmm, I'm going to try going into the ministry. Like that, that's just not happening. Um, if you go into the ministry, it's because you feel that call to, to love and to serve and to just like spend time investing into people. And so like, I think that's one of those things where that's kind of the assumption. And there are a few apples, you know, that will, will kind of go into it with this idea that it's going to be a chill job. I'm just going to get paid for it. And it, but I found out with that more often than not, they don't last, you know, right. They, like yeah. they, they end up quitting or they get fired or whatever else. But yeah, it is one of those things that it's, you're not in it for the money. No, absolutely not. Um, that being said, yeah, you know, we are, none of us are in this for the money. If you are, you're in it for the wrong reasons or you're just doing it wrong. That being said, there is typically a financial transaction that's involved. Yep. Uh, much like any other, job 
you know, you, you are getting paid hopefully more than $10 a day, but, uh, you know, eh, it happens. Um, there are pizza credits. That's true. That's true. You get paid in, uh, Domino's coupons. Loyalty. <laughs> loyalty points. <laughs> yeah. You Fre- still have to spend the money. You just get paid in loyalty points. Frequent, frequent flyer, uh, for Delta is a thing, but there's uh frequent eaters for Domino's. There you and, go. Uh, yeah. We, we yeah. rack up those babies. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, so the question that we kind of want to ask is like, okay, what should that number be? Uh, for youth pastors, what should they get paid? And so I have some statistics because it would because I'm me, yes. Uh, and we want to give the uh, the proper shout out to our friends over at uh, the Youth Cartel, specifically some guy I've never no, met. No shot. That's what it's actually called. The, the youth, youth Cartel. Cartel. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, it is. <laughs> um, but, strategic. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoy that. Uh, specific, specifically a guy that I've never met called Dan Navarra. Uh, I've never met him, but he puts together some pretty good statistics all in one place. So just, uh, just out of curiosity. Thank you, ta- you, Dan. You, you talk about like so many questions. Um, is this, is this like, like what's the reputation here? Is this like, I'm, I assume it's credible. Like, like what's his basis of all these numbers? Cause we've talked about it, but I think it's important for us to, before we just start spouting off statistics, kind of getting the the background of where this this data came from. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, uh, in year five, the National Youth Pastor Compensation Survey has had well over five thousand respondents over its lifetime. This survey is brought to you by Chemistry Staffing in association with the Youth Cartel and ChurchSalary.com. Dan Navarra is the lead researcher and author. Are you bored yet? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just reading the introduction of this whole report. Uh, but basically, so this guy, uh, this is now the fifth year they've done this survey and, uh, they survey youth pastors all across the country nice. and compile a whole mess of data into something legible and readable for people. And what I like about it is from what it sounds like, it's a very well-rounded group. It's not just youth pastors from this denomination, from this area and this size church. Like it's yep. very, very well-rounded, very, very diverse. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's well encompassing. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, and so their findings was that the national average for a full-time youth pastor's salary was $50,261 initial reactions. Uh, it seems high. Uh, like, and I, I was, I was telling Kyle that what I, when I, what I say by that is not what you deserve. I think 50,000 is plenty fair. I think I what you have to invest into time wise and that like $50,000 is a very, very well-deserved, um, you know, like, what I'm trying to say is here, you know, like you look at a professional athlete, and yeah, you're like we, how in the world do they get paid $60 million to play a game? Like, yeah, which that's a whole other topic. But my, <laughs> but my point is like a youth pastor very much deserves 50 grand, but relative to what I've seen youth pastors in my circle get paid, that's higher than what they get paid presently. Yeah. Not that youth pastors don't deserve $50,000, but that maybe it's surprising that the national average is, is that, that high. high. Right. Uh, due to two things, one personal experience and seeing, you know, what either us or other youth pastors have been paid, Yep. but also just the stigmatism around stigma, stigma, stigmatism, stigmatism's wow. in your eye, isn't it? 
<laughs> the stigma around what youth pastors get paid, yeah, uh, you know, tends to drive the expectation a little bit lower than than fifty thousand. Well, um, and to me, again, it, it's, it's an average. So yeah, that's true. You know, the fact that there are numbers that which I fully anticipate are lower than that. Okay, yeah. I I would be but, curious to know because this is going back to uh, some really awesome math classes. You had the uh, was it like the median, the yep. mean, and the mode? Yep. Because uh, an average is just the average, right? But I believe it's the mean is like. No, the mean is the average. The mean is the average. The median is the, the one where you take the out one the outliers. The, yeah, take out the outliers. You know, take out the, you know, the top ten percent, the bottom ten percent. Yep. And and then give me, you know, right. the average of that. That's what I would be interested in. Correct. Uh, because there's, you know, you're gonna get youth pastors at really really large churches that are paid well more than fifty thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars. And and we'll talk about this later, but you'll also you know, I, I think of, you know, senior pastor who has a jet. Yeah. Probably play, pays his youth pastor fairly handsomely. Right. You know, it's, so yep. there's, there's that, uh, there's that angle uh, of this as well. But some more uh, statistics here for you. Um, you know, churches with under a hundred people, because church size matters yep. when it, when it comes to what the youth pastor is going to get paid. Uh, churches under a hundred people typically pay their youth pastor about forty percent of that number. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take a leap and say that Derek is pulling out his phone to uh, calculate exactly what that is, and so I'm gonna stall until twenty thousand dollars, twenty thousand one hundred and four dollars. So twenty grand. And that's not saying that that twenty thousand dollars is is. You're, you're expecting full a full-time role out of that, but uh, churches with under 100 people, 40% of that number. Churches with under 50 people are typically about 25% of that number. 12,500. Right. And so you know, it, it should come as no surprise to us that smaller churches can afford to pay pastors, especially youth pastors, less. Less, you yeah. Know? Um, another really interesting thing that, uh, that I found in this uh, in this survey they did, they were talking about uh, recent trends across the United States to raise minimum wage. And one of the, uh, I, I did not know this, you know, California has some wage escalation laws that, that are, I believe by the end of this year are pushing uh, minimum wage to $15 an hour everywhere. Uh, there is part of that law that, mandates that salaried employees be paid double minimum wage. Interesting. So if in California and and their their reasoning behind that is because salaried employees typically are not eligible for overtime pay. And sure. so if, yep. if you are if you are hourly and you work more than your negotiated hours, you know, 40 hours a week, then you are eligible for overtime pay. And yep. now instead of $15 an hour, your, you know, your overtime pay is time and a half or it's double time, whatever it is, yep. you get paid more for that extra work you're putting in. If you're salaried, you know, any salaried employee will tell you that they probably work more than 40 hours a, a week yep. on average. And so that law is, is a really interesting one, uh, which, you know, kind of mandates that, uh, 
you know, your, if you're salaried that you are well, well above that $15 an hour range. Well, you know, it, so while you're doing that, I did some math. So at mm-hmm. 15, 15 an hour, mm-hmm. 40 hours a week, yep. 52 weeks a year, granted, you know, that's taking no, no vacations or right. anything, but that's 31 grand, you know? So, I mean, when you think of the national average is 50, okay, fine. But, you know, relative to, you know, what the number, so for easy numbers, I think, in my context, I've seen youth pastors make anywhere between 35 and 45 in my personal context. True. But then you also have to, if you do are actually salaried, then you'd have to double that. No, I know. So, but, but that's what I'm saying yeah. is, you know, at 15 bucks an hour, which in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where it's not far from us, minimum wage is 15 right. down there. Yep. So, you know, if you look at, if you look at then, you know, salaried here in Minnesota without that doubling, you're not making at 35, you're not making a ton more than minimum wage. And I would say you're for sure working overtime if you work in youth ministry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is busy, but that's just, that's interesting about the double minimum wage because that would me- then mean you're making that average I would think would go up if that was like a law in the United States. Yeah, I'd be curious to know, uh, you know, some other states that have raised their minimum wage recently or tried to make it a little bit more competitive. Uh, I'd be curious to know if that law in California is one that other states have implemented. I uh, don't have that on me, but I'd be interested to know that. Uh, also interesting nugget is that uh, part to, they, they have part-time youth pastor statistics in this survey, and they found that the average part-time youth pastor income was just shy of $19,000 a year over an average of 24 and a half hours per week. Mm -hmm. And so that works out to a national average of $14 and 78 cents per hour, which is like almost right on that $15 an hour range. Obviously, you know, states like, you know, places like Minneapolis or California that have a $15 an hour minimum wage, that's for sure on the higher end (laughs) of the country. And so you got plenty of places around the country that are lower than that. Um, but that was that was really interesting to know. The other thing that this survey had uh, some statistics that I found interesting were uh, differences across denominations. Yeah, and so you know they they kind of had the uh, the baseline of of just north of fifty thousand dollars a year, like Derek and I mentioned. Um, evangelical free. This blows my mind. Is apparently the denomination to be in. <laughs> they led the way. With uh, their their average annual youth pastor salary was twelve point one percent above the national average, uh, which is a very substantial uh, percentage amount. Just just for again, I'm I'm more of an actual <laughs> numbers kind of guy, so that comes out to fifty six thousand dollars as an average. Yeah, instead of fifty thousand, so yep. that's that's pretty uh, pretty impressive. Uh, Baptist denomination four point two percent above Lutheran denomination, uh, non denominational churches three point three percent above the national average. Uh, and, and this is not an exhaustive list, but uh, some of the some of the denominations below. Uh, below the national average, uh, Episcopal slash Anglican denominations were uh, 0.2%, just, so just a, so literally, close. come yeah. on. A uh, little Christmas bonus, you'd be right on right yep. on the average. Uh, the Christian and Missionary Alliance uh, was 5.2% below the average. Uh, Derek and I both work at churches that are part of the Assemblies of God denomination, which was 5.4% below the national average. Uh, so I think we need to, well, I need to talk to uh, my senior pastor, yeah, apparently. For real. 
Uh, and then uh, coming up in last place uh, would be the Methodist denomination at 10.8% below the national average. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of concrete thoughts about any of those statistics other than that's interesting. Yeah, I don't think there's any, I mean, at least within our denomination, there's no direct funding that would come out of um, out, out of the actual covering. So I think, right, I think yeah. you know, this could just purely be just purely coincidence yeah you know or it's uh or it's potentially a cultural thing yeah you know churches within denominations talk to each other and you know you've got the the baptist pastor in town a calls up the baptist pastor in town b and says hey i'm hiring a youth pastor what do you pay yours because i want to yeah you know pay them more so that we'd siphon all of your stuff no <laughs> <laughs> but like hey i i don't know what's fair can you give me an idea yeah um the other statistic that uh, was a little bit more depressing uh but also, you know, okay, it is. No, it's just depressing. I was going to say it doesn't shock me, but it still does. Uh, the gender wage gap mm. when it when it comes to pastoral and, and youth pastor positions. Uh, did you just see the, the last yeah. number out there? We'll get there. We'll get there. So uh, the national gender wage gap is 12.8% uh, for youth pastors. I, um, so just to be clear, I, that's basically saying I assume women are paid 12.8% less than Correct. men. Okay. Yes. Um, yep. The, uh, you know, for, for how little the Methodist, uh, churches pay their youth pastors, apparently they are actually the leaders in the gender wage gap. Uh, theirs is only 8%, uh, which I, I first thought that and I was like, Oh, good on the uh, Methodist churches, which this is still true. But if you pay your youth pastors the least amount of money, the differences yeah. in their salaries are going to be less. Yeah. So, you know, 8% uh, difference for the Methodist church is a lot less money than 8% for like the evangelical free, you know, numbers were a lot higher. Uh, but that was interesting. Uh, the Baptist church was at 12%. So just, uh, just doing a little bit better than the, uh, than the standard average non-denominational churches were at 13.9%. So they were about a full percentage point. This next one is disgusting. And then the uh, Lutheran church was at a 30% gender wage gap percent. Yeah. That's gross. Like that's, that's a lot. Oh my word. I mean, I just, I just, I can't fathom that because I feel like for one, this, this, I was to say industry. It's not an industry, but this area of work is already predominantly men. So the fact that like I'm all for like like women in ministry, like 100% for it. We're actually doing a podcast in the future where we're bringing on um, someone who's amazing and awesome who's going to talk about what it's like to be a woman in ministry because we can't speak to that. Uh, but that like, is true. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things. Like I wish there were more females yeah. in ministry, but like if we're not going to pay them, then like there's, there's even less incentive to get involved, which well, right. is just and, sad. You know, to your point, like there were eight denominations we just listed, uh, statistics for in the first section of that. And there were more than eight in the survey. Those okay. were just some, the some ones. of the ones that I pulled out, you know, there were denominations that I didn't even recognize. Sure. Uh, these were, I believe the four denominations or the four categories, if you want to call non-denominational a denomination, yeah, right? Uh, it kind of has become its own denomination, but uh, those were the only four that had enough female youth pastors respond to the survey oh to have that goodness. statistic. And so, you know, there's there's that 
factor as sure. well. You know, we don't we don't even have enough female youth pastors to really get a good heartbeat on on this. But uh, so those are those are some uh, great statistics. Thank you again to our our cartel friends. <laughs> that, that name is just something <laughs> else. Uh, I we need to like rename our youth ministries now to yeah. the the cartel, the bridge oh, youth that's cartel. Great. That's great. Um, they're, they're hope dealers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> This is this is the greatest thing that's come out of this podcast Naturally. since the great I am. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to dive into you know we're going to start with volunteer youth pastors part time and then we'll move to uh, to full time youth pastors here talking about uh, salary and compensation. Uh, it's a pretty short conversation when it comes to volunteer youth yeah. pastors. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing it for the love. Uh, but, but Derek, what are some of the other ways, you know, volunteer youth pastors aren't getting paid financially, but what are some of the other ways that churches can appreciate the volunteer youth pastors in lieu of financial compensation? Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, that, that's one of those things like not like I, you can't fall on the sword and go, well, I can't afford you to pay anything. So I'm not going to do anything for you. Like that's, that's a, that's a losing mentality. That that's yep. a terrible way. There are so many other ways. Um, like, cause if, if you are willing to sign up as a volunteer youth pastor, like you are in it for the mission, you're in it for the purpose and the movement of what we're trying to do here. But, um, like that's not enough. Like, like there are other ways, if you're a lead pastor, if you're in a position to, to, do something about this. There are other ways that you can bless a volunteer youth pastor. The first one, and a lot of these are simple, like, but they go a long way. And the, like, the first one would be have more for dinner and like make them a meal or like take them out to their favorite spot and pick up the bill. Like, yes, it, it, in retrospect, it's not a huge deal. But if you're a volunteer youth pastor, doing something like that would make you feel seen. It'd make you feel appreciated. It'd make you feel like, you know what? Like, this honestly uh, really, really helps me in a big way. Um, you know, in, in, in a very similar kind of note, while you're at dinner, while you're, you know, doing that type of thing, man, just speak life over them. Like if, if again, if they're, if they're willing to say, yes, I'm going to volunteer my time to pour into this youth ministry, they're in it because they genuinely care about students. And so call out what you see in them, write them a card, write them a letter of affirmation, just purely tell them, Hey, here's what you're doing. Fantastic. I love what you're doing. Like that goes a really, really long way just to help youth pastors feel seen. Like all path youth pastors kind of sometimes need that validation. But like, if you are not getting paid anything, like you need, uh, you need to know, like you're doing a good job and that would really, really help them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, one of the other ones that I thought of was just like having clear expectations is mm -hmm. a great way to to serve and honor a volunteer youth pastor. Uh, they, if you're a volunteer youth pastor, odds are you have another part time or probably full time job, and so a senior pastor expecting you to be in the office for you know thirty or forty hours a week is just not going to happen. And so having some some clear expectations there is uh, is really important. Yeah, and the last thing I would say is. Uh, man, just develop them. You know, mm -hmm. like personal development is huge. Uh, if you can't physically invest into them financially, invest into them spiritually, invest into them emotionally, like give them the tools that they need to be a better version of themselves so that they can do that. You know, like it's, again, if, if you're a, if you're a volunteer youth pastor or if you're in a position like mine, where you're trying to figure out what you're going to do and you're saying, I can't pay anybody, therefore I'm not going to do anything. Like that's just a terrible, terrible mentality. Like there are so many other, like, all these things are small. They take next to no time, next to no energy, next to no financial um, part on your end. Like, 
but they go such a long way into helping that youth pastor become a better version of themselves, a better pastor, just a better human being. Uh, and just, that's what that's, I think that should just be the standard. Like all four of those things really could translate down to things you could do for a part-time or even full-time youth pastor. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, okay. So part-time youth pastors, uh, we won't spend a whole lot of time here as well, but I think it's important to hit on you. Know, one of the, when, when you get into part-time work, uh, one of the biggest conversations is whether or not it's paid hourly or salary. Uh, you know, it could be like, Hey, you're paid, you know, like that, that $15 an hour, uh, $20 an hour, or it's, uh, you get paid, you know, 500 bucks a week yep. or, or something like that. Um, I have personally always thought that it's weird to pay pastors hourly. And here's why. Uh, When I was, so I was finishing my degree in youth ministry and I had an internship that I needed to do, ended up doing it. Long long story short, I was doing it here at the church I'm now employed at. And the youth pastor before me had recently left. And so, you know, there obviously was an opening and I was the interim youth pastor Mm -hmm. during my internship. And so they are, yeah, and, and they were very upfront and honest with me, like, Hey, you know, we are going to go through a hiring process for this position. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we will absolutely consider you and, and like, you're already here. And so if things go well, and if you're a great candidate, then we would like to hire you. Cause that makes it a lot easier. Right. Uh, but you know, we do want to do our due diligence on it. And I was like, I had no problem with that. They handled it really well. And, and it worked out in the end. But one of the things that they were putting to, they didn't really have a job description for this position. And so they asked me the first couple of weeks, can you track the hours that you work so that we know kind of what we are offering as a position to, to people that are applying. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. I'm fresh out of college. Basically. I don't really yeah, know. Why anything. not? And, and it doesn't hurt me to try and write down my hours. Well, I found out really quickly that ministry is a very hard thing to keep track of. <laughs> uh, and, and after like a week or two, I, you know, met with our senior pastor and I was like, okay, you got to help me figure out, what exactly you want me to write down? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I am, you know, at home, I'm I'm making dinner. I'm watching, you know, the. I was going to say the news, but the I, office. Yeah, that'd be a more <laughs> accurate. <laughs> I'm watching the office, eating dinner, and a student texts me mm-hmm. and and has a question about the Bible, or they, you know, they want to get a link to sign up for an event. Yep. You know do you want me to log the 10 minutes that I right. spend interacting with that kid? Uh, you know, do, like, do you know, I'm picturing what I, I, may, I may know the good grief, you know, the old, like the time, the time cards. cards? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, can you imagine your punches? Like it'd be all over the well, place. I gotta, I gotta have like a portable mobile one with me yeah, right. so that I can punch Just in at any moment. Your pocket. <laughs> Hold on. Like somebody, somebody calls me like, uh, hello. Hey, I have a question. Hold on one second. Dang. You know, punch in. Okay. What's up? <laughs> that would be, we got to bring this back. Man. We, we can see why this is a problem right. though. Yeah. And so I, I don't know what I'd like coming up with like a weekly or biweekly or monthly, you know, quote unquote salaried amount, yep. like, you know, two, five, $600 a week, whatever it is. Uh, $100 a week. That to me makes a lot more sense right. than uh, than an uh, hourly uh, payment structure for a youth pastor. Right. 
Yeah. Not to mention the fact that, man, you have a youth retreat. Like, oh yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're vlogging 18 hours a day. Uh, like, and that's, that's maybe even less than I think at camp this yeah. year, Kyle, I think you got like that last night, two hours of sleep, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was like a ridiculous amount, but you know, like the hourly part is tough, but you know, the, the other thing that you have to figure out. So like, let's say you're going to go into pay. Hey, we're going to pay you this much uh, a week. Like you kind of have to go. Okay. If that's, if that's what it is, take minimum wage times how many hours a week that you think they deserve or like, or whatever that number is. But like, the thing is, is like, are we then assuming they're doing minimum wage work? Because no, like definitely yeah, not. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's emotional stuff. It's tough stuff. Like, you know, like I, one of the things in, or, or, or one of the things that I was thinking through, cause what, what's relevant to me is, uh, for those who've been following along, like, uh, I am in a lead lead pass position Boo. now. I know, Boo. I know. Um, you know, but like <laughs> this, this very conversation was something that I talked to our board with frequently because it was one of those things going, okay, like we need another youth pastor cause I can't do both or at least do both effectively and do them well. So we need a part-time or a full-time youth pastor. And so this was a conversation we had going back and forth because it came down to what can we afford. But at the same time, one of the tougher parts for me was like, how many, how many hours are this, is this person actually putting in? Because what's tough is like ministry is not a linear position. It's not one of those things where it's like, okay, every week you're working 30 to 40 hours. One week you might put in 60, the next week you might put in 25, you know? So like how in the world do you possibly do that. How do you, how do you bank on the fact that, okay, Kyle, you're, you're, you know, making dinner and you're watching the office and you're doing something when all of a sudden you get a call that assume it was in a serious car accident, you get to get to the hospital now. Like mm. you're gonna be at the hospital for 10 hours. Like you can't bank on that happening. So no, Derek, they, they paid me for 12 hours a week and I already put it in. So they're just going to have to sit at the hospital without their youth pastor. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, <laughs> and but, but that, I think that, that proves the point, right? Like it, it's so difficult, even at a part-time thing, even if you're paying them for how many hours a week, calculating that is such a, such a tough thing. And odds are, if I were to be so as bold to say, like odds are you're going to underpay them yeah. in a drastic way for yep. how much they're putting in. And so, you know, I think, I think if we're to, to be honest, it really comes down to like, what can the church afford? Because realistically that's, that's really what it boils down to. You know, I don't think any pastor that's sitting in a, in a position to hire a youth pastor is going, mm, man, how much do I really want to pay them? Like, what, what do I think they're like? You're not sizing up people based upon their worth. At least I hope you're not. To me, it comes down to what can your church afford to pay this youth pastor? Can they afford to pay them anything? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, youth pastors in this uh, circle of, of part-time youth pastors, right? You might not really have a whole lot of a choice of what you get paid because right. it's like, yeah, this is what the church can afford to pay you, take it or leave it. Um, and, and you've probably got, I think this, I think this was a part of that study. I don't remember, but it was, you know, like a wild majority of part-time youth pastors also have another part-time sure. or full-time job somewhere, which yep. makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, and so that's another, that's another point on the score sheet for being a salaried youth pastor, because that allows you the ultimate flexibility. If you have hours on your part-time job that you have to be somewhere, you can have the flexibility in your part-time youth pastor job to you know 
put in those hours when and where you need to yep. and not when and where you have to. Correct. Uh, obviously like, yeah, we got youth on Wednesday nights. I have to be there, mm-hmm. but you know, you can work your schedule and, and it's flexible enough that you can move things around and, and kind of make it all work. So that's uh that's absolutely a big win. If you are a salaried or if you are a part-time youth pastor, uh, we I appreciate sure hope you. we do appreciate you and may, maybe that fight is worth it to, uh, to maybe be salaried mm-hmm. on that one. Um, okay. Full-time youth pastors. This is where the, the fun stuff comes in, uh, because it's kind of an over an all encompassing conversation. We can still have the hourly and salary, hourly and salary, salary. I'm on a roll today. The hourly and salary debate in yeah. full-time minute. I, I, we've kind of exhausted that, but that can obviously still exist. I would, you know, a hundred percent vote for that salary, uh, portion for the reasons that we've said. Uh, and we're also going to come at this conversation under the assumption that if your church has a full-time youth pastor, it has the resources to pay a full-time youth right. pastor. You know, they're not trying to pass off $15,000 a year as full-time. No. Uh, and and it's going to be different in every church. Like, you know, we live here in Minnesota. Uh, I went, in preparation for this episode, I went and l- looked at Zillow.com mm-hmm. and uh, some other housing sites. I took all of the specifications of my house mm-hmm. and plugged it into like California. Yeah. And there's plenty of parts of California where my house is worth like two or three times what it is in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, cost of living is a very real thing. And so when it comes to uh, when it comes to what a youth pastor is being paid across the country, these are national average numbers we were talking about. It's going to be very, very different in Los Angeles and you know the middle of why my, not North Dakota? I, that's a good one too. I was going to say Wyoming, but yeah. I don't even know if Wyoming has enough people for a church, let that's alone fair. a youth pastor, uh, a, a full time youth pastor. <laughs> that's, uh, there, I, you know what? There's, I bet every youth pastor in Wyoming has preached a very accurate sermon on David being a shepherd. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> can, can I make a quick caveat here? Cause we're about to jump into a lot of different things. Like this goes back to, um, you know, and I know we'll dive into this in excess, but I feel like in re- the rest of the other world or rest of the other world, um, in the other world of, of careers and jobs, a lot of times your salary reflects your capability or your salary reflects like how good you are at your job, you know, ret- retroactively. Like, okay, if you, if you are a CEO and you're being paid millions of dollars, like you're a, you're a highly qualified, highly skilled individual relative to um, a different position. Uh, ministry, I feel like because it comes down to where you work and what your situation looks like, salary doesn't always reflect uh, your capability. For example, you might be being paid a hundred thousand dollars, but like, and you're a great communicator, but like you're terrible at discipling students, you know, and the same, in the same token, there are some, you know, volunteer youth pastors that can lead a church upwards, backwards, sideways through a global pandemic, uh, because they're just highly skilled people. So I think that's just an important caveat here as we talk about all these different, you know, questions, I guess, of like what, um, salary reflects. I feel like it is just super important to realize that like, this is one of those jobs where you're going to have some really capable people who are severely underpaid. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's really well said. I, I agree with that. Um, the other thing that kind of came to my mind was that when it comes to like, unfortunately 
there are churches in our world that have terrible theology. Yeah. And and very incorrect theology. And so, you know, you could get, I mean, you could have a youth pastor being paid $150,000 a year that is not actually really doing a whole lot for the kingdom because their theology is terrible. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so there's there's going to be some some instances where that is out of whack. Yep. Um but uh we're going to try to we're going to ask some questions here and and just kind of talk for a minute on you know, do some of these things matter? Yeah. Should some of these things matter? Yeah. And and how much? And so the first one that I want to start with is higher education. Uh, I, again, do not have the statistics on me. A majority of youth pastors have, have a degree. Um, you know, statistics show that there's not much of a pay difference between... Uh, you know, pastors, youth pastors with or without a degree until you get into like master's and doctorate level degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so first question that we can start off with do, is like, sh- do, does higher education matter when it comes to youth ministry? Should that bump the the pay of the youth pastor up a little bit more? Can we also just acknowledge that this is all off the cuff? We have we have not scripted our answers nope, for this. So th- we th- haven't. This is truly just like more of a dialogue. Um, here's what I would say. You know, sitting in my position, if I'm looking at 10 resumes of mm-hmm. people that I don't know, it's just blind resumes. Um, here's what I would say. Whether you have a master's or a bachelor's doesn't matter to me as much, but not having either matters to me more. What I mean by that is, um, so youth ministry is one of those jobs where you can do it without a degree. You can't go and be a doctor without some yeah. form of like, <laughs> right. At, yes. at, at least this person is certified to open my heart. Yeah. Right. Like, like that's not happening. Whereas like you, is can- Jesus certified to open your heart? Wow. We need that on a shirt. <laughs> we know that on a shirt. Hope dealers on the front and then, yep. uh, and then that on the back. Jesus, the heart surgeon. Amen. Anyways. Amen. Um, so this is one of those jobs, like you can go and get a degree in finance and still be a youth pastor. Like I, I, that's well within the realm of possibilities. Here's, here's the nature of my well, answer. I'm sorry. No, um, I'm not going to interrupt you. Okay. Here, here I'm, I'm almost done. Finally. I, I like <laughs> that you had the <laughs> diligence to go and get a degree and go through like going through formal education because to me it teaches you how to manage your time well, how to manage your resources well, how to like work hard and develop your work ethic. Like not that you can't have those things without a higher education, but to me if you have a degree from a university or some other institution, to me it shows that you had to go through all of those things. And like a GPA gives me a relative idea of how hard you worked through that. And so to me while again while I'm not saying that, okay, these kid, these two people went to the same college, same degree, this guy had a higher GPA than the other one, that they're more qualified. No, like I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is if I'm looking at two candidates and one has a degree and one doesn't, odds are I'm going to go with one that has a degree because they're proven, at, at least initially, that they went through the tough stuff to get their degree. Interesting. I think the the other side of that argument could potentially be that I could almost make an argument for 
you know, you're more successful as a youth pastor, potentially if you had a lower GPA, because a lot of youth ministry is relational and you, you see a lot of people who don't excel in a traditional classroom setting, correct, but are highly relational people. Yep. Now as a youth pastor, you still have to have the study skills to like Mm -hmm. put a sermon together. Yep. Um, but you know, I think that I, I do, I, I like a lot of that. The other kind of question in this realm is, okay, does higher education matter? Does relevant higher education matter? Sure. Because correct me if I'm wrong, you just hired a youth pastor who does not have a youth pastor degree. Correct. You know, it's like what, mathematics? Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Which can be a little relevant. Uh, budgeting <laughs> is an important part of church life. Correct. Uh, I don't know exactly what the equation is uh, when it comes to saving souls for Jesus, but I'm sure that he could tell us. He probably would. Um, But I think that, yeah, for me, you know, if it's, if it's an internship, if it's a, uh, you know, ministry position that I'm hiring for, there are other things we're going to talk about that are more important to me than do you have a degree? Mm -hmm. Uh, This could be a good episode in general of like how to find a good, like hiring. Yeah. It'd be a really good episode. Interesting. Yeah, I I go back and forth. I almost like if a if a student came to me and said, "I want to go into ministry." Depending on the day you kept, you ask me that question, I don't know if I would tell them like go here. Like if I would oh, tell sure. them go here for this ministry yep. degree. Uh, you know, it depends on the student, but it also sometimes depends on the day where I'm like, oh yeah, my, like I learned so much and I made so many connections. And then the next day I'm like, I learned nothing. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's kind of a, I don't know. It's interesting. The one that in my mind, the one that would weigh a little bit more heavily for me, uh, would be experience. Sure. Does experience matter? If Mm -hmm. you've got, um, a youth pastor that has eight years, uh, of experience as a youth pastor, you know, does, do they, should they be making more than, or, or would you rather hire them versus the kid that's fresh out of college? And I think again, it, it, what, are we, are we presuming it's ministerial experience? Yes. Is that, is that yeah. Assumed? This would, yeah, okay. this one, I would assume, yeah, I don't really care if you'd stock shelves at target. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Ministry experience. And that could look differently too. If like, yeah, I was, I led a ministry, a really small youth ministry at a church. I worked as a youth pastor or I was a youth volunteer. Like, you know, there's obviously varying degrees of experience, yeah. but well, and, and here's, here's my answer to this. And this is, this is purely from my context. Here's the number I knew I could pay a youth pastor that this, this was the fixed number. I could, mm-hmm. I could, it goes yeah. back to the original. We, we couldn't pay any more. So for, so the short answer is yes, experience matters because experience to me narrowed my candidate pool significantly. Like, yes, my youth pastor did major in mathematics, but he also has an experience that is very, very rich. And so it's one of those things he, while the salary didn't change based upon his experience, his like, rapport and his possibility of getting the job changed significantly. And so, but that's my context. I think in a vacuum, if you have more of a fluid budget, right? Like like, let's, let's maybe say your board comes to you and says, Hey, here is the range that we're comfortable allowing you to go and hire somebody for. I definitely do think that experience should move that needle a little bit. Like, okay, you've been a youth pastor of a church 
for 20 years and you're fresh out of Bible college. Like in my, if possible, that person who's been in it for 20 years is getting paid more than the person who's fresh out of yeah, Bible college. Absolutely. And, and I would a hundred percent say, in my opinion, that that one matters more than the education. Significantly. One. You know, if you've Significantly. got, yeah, two, two youth pastors, uh, fresh out of college or fresh out of whatever. And, uh, one of them has a ministry degree, you know, okay, maybe we pay them a little bit more, but the, the person who's got the experience, uh, versus the, the person that doesn't, uh, there's not, a level of degrees that's going to make yeah. up for that in my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, the Again, because I'm just going to bring all of the, you know, caveats and devil's advocates to this. Um, good. One of the thoughts I, so in the realm or, or in the world of running sound at a church. Oh, that's, that's a um, transition. <laughs> I know, right? So when it comes to running sound at a church, you know, you it's typically a volunteer that's doing it. They get yep. plopped down in front of a, in front of a soundboard and go. Yep. Um, I have had a couple conversations with our worship leader here at our church where like he is terrified of people that come to him wanting to volunteer and, and they say like, yeah, I ran church or I ran sound at my last church because that can mean so many different things mm -hmm. in so many different contexts. Right. Mm -hmm. Just because you have experience does not mean you have, ex sure. doesn't mean you have yeah. knowledge, Yeah, you know, doesn't mean you have wisdom. You have a lot of experience while doing something poorly. Right. A exactly. Lot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's another thing to hear. Like, and, and that comes with, uh, you know, there's, there's some discern, whether you're hiring for a position or you have somebody and you're figuring out like, Hey, do they deserve a raise or not? Like just because another year went by does not mean you should give them a 10 or 15% raise just right. automatically. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they should probably be doing a good job yeah. uh, as well. Um, okay. How about this one? Uh, depending on as we're going to pretend, well, yeah. Ordination, uh, different denominations have uh, ordination uh, levels or, or opportunities Uh does a youth pastor deserve to get paid more if they are ordained? Gosh, I was staring at this and I still don't. Here's my I can, I can take this one first okay, if yeah. you want. Um, I, I think that that one is pretty low on the list for me. Uh, maybe even before or even below college education because yep. ordination in my experience does not necessarily bring a whole lot of value to the position itself. It can bring some value to the individual as a minister. They obviously have the ability to like perform a wedding, yep. for example, uh, if they are ordained or licensed or whatever verbiage the denomination has. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily bring value to a youth ministry. No. And I, I would say this is, this is more of an interesting question in terms of candidates for like for the position, like, like not necessarily a difference in pay, but like, I think this is more of a conversation of, do we want to hire this person? Yes or no. If they're ordained, yes or no. Um, I think that that's much more intriguing, but to your point, I mean, realistically, yeah, anybody can get ordained like in any denomination realistically. Like yeah. it, it, it's, it's not, it's not a, um, a hierarchy of, of talent or anything like it's, it's just, I, uh, you got one candidate who's ordained at the, uh, American online church <laughs> of 24 hours. Right. <laughs> you know? well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and, but I think in outside of the church, uh, 
your ordination or your licensing does make a difference. You know, like in, in the case of my, in my wife, like she's a social worker, she's an LSW. And so she's ordained as an LSW. Yeah. There's a specific, uh, credentials mm-hmm. that come with that. And you know, if you go and get, you know, credentialed in other areas, you're prone to get higher pay bumps. And so like, Relative to the rest of the world, I think ordination can matter, but I think within the ministry realm, not a whole lot. Yeah, I'll opinion. tell you what, if, you, uh, if you're if you ordained or credentialed or whatever you want to call it, nine times out of 10, you can go visit a hospital and get that parking validated. There you, oh, oh yeah. Save that $4.50. Dude, that, you're, you're kind of alluding to some future segments we have here. But that's true. Um, don't get too far ahead of yourself. <laughs> that's true. Uh so one of the statistics that I thought was interesting in uh, in our youth cartel uh, statistics was that uh, the budget of a church uh, definitely makes a difference in the amount that the youth pastors paid, not necessarily the size of the church, mm-hmm. but the budget has a much bigger correlation. Um, Which would make a lot of sense. It does, yes. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, but encouraging youth pastors for a minute to to know what your church's budget is. Uh, you should know what your budget is, but also having an understanding of what your church's budget is as a whole. Uh, as your church's budget grows, there's a really big jump in pay when in for a youth pastor when your church's budget gets over $750,000. There's another pretty big bump when your budget for the church as a whole, not for just the youth ministry, uh, when your church's budget is over 1.5 million. And then there's a, there, a third really big bump when your church budget gets to 4 million. Um, I'm not, I'm not skilled enough to look at those numbers and equate them to like church size off mm-hmm. the top of my head, like roughly, right. you know, a 1.5, if I had to guess a $1.5 million budget for a church is probably in that Four five hundred range, people maybe I don't know. That seems low. Six I, or seven hundred range, probably. Okay, uh, maybe, four maybe million even higher, is a lot. I don't know. Four million's probably getting into that fifteen hundred uh, range. Seven hundred fifty thousand. Uh, two hundred one fifty. I don't know. Uh, it's it's I, interesting to think about. My, think it, my it's so relative. Again, ge- geography true. is oh, yeah. huge. Yes, here. this is all yeah. national average yeah. numbers. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is this is. I don't know that there's really a conversation you know, of how much a youth pastor should get paid relative to like the no. church budget. But it's an interesting. And it, it, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, like most of the time, like these these are proportionate. You have a bigger budget, you have more people, therefore you need more help, right. uh, you know, or or more capable leader. I think what is get what does get interesting here is okay. You're a church of you have a four million dollar budget. Ergo, you can now a lot. I'm throwing numbers out here, just completely blind. Hundred and fifty thousand dollars to your youth ministry staffing. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're a church of 2000 people, you odds are you have a youth ministry. That's 250, 300 people. Like that's a lot for one youth pastor Yep. to oversee. So odds are that $150,000 budget is split in two. At um, least. Y- yeah. Yeah. Or three. three. So, you know, it, it's one of those things you're, it, you're not going, Oh sweet. When my church, you know, hits $4 million, I'm going to get a huge, huge pay bump. Well, 
maybe not. You know, it, it might be you get a bump, but then you also are bringing on another staff member. And so it's yeah. one of those types of things. But yeah. So what about, because this conversation kind of goes with it, you know, the size of the youth ministry. Do, should the size of the youth ministry have any determination of how much the youth pastor is paid? I think so. I mean, um, that's not to say it's it's on a scale where okay you come in and 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 your youth ministry is growing therefore okay now you get paid more and all of a sudden it shrinks and you go okay yeah now nah, no now we're gonna bump you back down I don't think that necessarily <laughs> like like I'm sure there are churches that do that where it's like hey like you either keep the youth ministry at this number or you're out or we're gonna bump your pay or whatever it is um, like I think that happens but I I mean. In my opinion, if you're being tasked with leading a youth ministry of 250, 300 kids, like you, you need to know your stuff. You need to be well organized. You need to, you need to be doing a lot more, um, just stuff. Uh, so you, I mean, I mean, this is such a tricky question, but I would think in a vacuum, yes. Like I think it does matter a little bit anyway. Yeah, I know that uh, there's a lot of studies on churches that will point to uh, a youth pastor once, and and we're getting into larger churches here, uh, but I I believe the number is that one full time youth pastor for every set roughly seventy five to a hundred kids. Uh, yeah. You can, and that's not to say that like if you don't have seventy five kids that you can't have a full time youth pastor, but. Uh, when this is a metric specifically for larger churches, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get into, okay, we've got 150 kids, you know, we should be looking at one full-time youth pastor and maybe one part-time youth pastor, yep. get up to 200 kids. Let's bring that part-time pastor on full-time, yep. uh, you know, stuff like that as far as a quantity, uh, conversation and, but you're right. There's a, going to be a quality that is necessary uh, especially if that number is sustained. Yes. If if you see your youth ministry jump, uh, okay, I'd be curious to know why. You know, mm-hmm. if 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 the youth pastor is just super charismatic, that's that's one thing. But if there's actual growth and and depth to kids' faith, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the youth pastor is doing a great job. Let's compensate them appropriately. I th- I think that that's youth ministry size definitely should yeah. probably play into it more than uh, a lot of a lot of the other things <laughs> yeah. on that list yeah um here's another one i didn't write this down but which is always uh dicey maybe uh off the cuff and off the show doc this ought to be interesting yeah no kidding so youth pastors national average $50,000 a year yep. is there and and again this is not you know, this is non-contextual. Mm-hmm. This is just average across the board. Is there a point where a youth pastor should be should like turn down a raise? We like, had the, like we had this conversation a couple months ago. Yeah, we have. You and I have off the mic. Yeah, uh, but is there a point where like a youth pastor is getting paid too much? <sighs> <laughs> uh, this uh, this portion of the podcast will be edited out automatically <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, to any senior pastors that are listening. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, and 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 here here's what I won't do. I'm not going to say here's the dollar amount because I, yeah. I I just don't think I can say that without 
you know, any sort of, you know, sort of accuracy, you know, like, uh, I think there's a lot that goes into it, but if I were to just be blunt, I do think, yes, there is a number in which, cause I think the way you, the way you approach it to me, Kyle, is you asked, is there a number that you don't feel comfortable quote unquote benefiting from the, from the gospel, right? Like, like the, like, yeah. the, like the Bible says we're called to go out and make tables of all nations. Like, that's for everybody. That's not just for pastors. That's for, if you believe in Jesus, if you love Jesus with all your heart, you are called to make disciples. Therefore, at what point is there a number in which you don't feel right making this number for doing something that everybody's called to do for the sake of the gospel? Yeah, there's a, there's obviously, there's obviously things that youth pastors do that, uh, you are know, unique. Yeah. Are unique to yeah. the role that Christians who are not youth pastors, uh, do not do. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you know, there are things that I do not want to be able to afford because I am a youth pastor. Yeah. Private jets are on the list. You know, yeah. uh, that one's, that's an extreme example, Yep. but I, I don't want to be making so much money that I can afford that. Right. Uh, I, I think that that is wrong and I don't think a youth pastor should be in that position. Uh, one, one benchmark that I do think that we could throw out is, and this is subjective, but a youth pastor probably shouldn't be making more than their senior pastor. Yeah. Uh, you know, just strictly from an honor standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I throw know, a caveat in here? I, sure. I, I think this is super important. Um, th- th- I think, is it safe to say this is strictly from the church's salary? Be- yes. Because here's what I would say. Yes, absolutely. Let's say God's put a call for you to write a book. And based upon what you've learned, what he's revealed to you. And this book blows up. Yep. It, it flies off the shelves and you're making money hand over fist. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's wrong. I, you know what you do with it. <laughs> I think right. it matters yeah. a whole lot more. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I do think there are some very successful pastors of very big churches that are a little sketchy, like, like, like private jets and the whole gamut. But I think there are also, here's my problem. There are some pastors who do very well for themselves financially that are as down to earth and genuine as you can possibly get. And they get thrown in with the private jetters mm-hmm. of the world yeah. because they make a lot of money because of the gospel, quote unquote. Yes, I I 100% agree with what you're saying. The The purpose of this discussion is, you know, what they add, what I am being paid from the church. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a, we'll, we'll call them an unnamed senior pastor, former senior pastor. Uh, actually they are again, a senior pastor, but, uh, a, there was, there was a pastor who wrote a book mm-hmm. and their church bought like, I think it was like 200,000 copies of this book and like pre-ordered. Mm-hmm. And what that did was, and they did it strategically so that the book would appear on the bestseller list right off the bat. And that pastor would collect the money off of those Not sales. Not only would the pastor collect the money off of the sales, but the pastor would then get the notoriety of being a New York Times bestseller, yep. which probably comes with you know touring opportunities and speaking engagements. Um you know, it was, it was a, and really big problem, obviously. I'm guessing they made profit. 
off those books, which then went back into their budget and his pocket. Well, actually, see, here's the problem. They did it twice <laughs> with two different books that this pastor wrote. The first time, yeah, so the church bought a whole bunch of them, basically at cost. Yep. And then because they were buying them from the youth, from the pastor, but he could register them uh, as as sales. And then they turned around and like sold them in their church bookstore wherever. Right. Naturally. Uh, so they're making a little bit of profit off of that. Yep. The second time they did it came in the middle and just like it came just before uh, kind of the downfall of this pastor. And so there were stories of kind of people coming in after he was booted to clean up the wreckage and, you know, go through like, hey, we're selling this campus building because yep. they had a bunch of them. Yep. And there was boxes and boxes and boxes of these books that the church had bought. And nobody ever even, they never even went anywhere other than a warehouse. Oh my gosh. And so that's clearly not the goal. Right. Um, but, you know, Someday when Derek and I are making millions off of this youth podcast. ministry podcast, <laughs> um, you know, that's like, I'll use this example. Uh, if, if you have a pastor who writes a book, mm -hmm. God calls them to write a book mm -hmm. and there's, you know, God blesses them with some financial compensation yep. uh, from those sales. And it's enough to, uh, set them up so that their spouse does not have to work. Mm -hmm. uh, they can be, you know, stay at home mom, stay at home dad. Yep. And, and you know, the, the pastor can, can be a youth pastor or a senior pastor, or whatever mm -hmm. spouse doesn't have to work. Uh, they can focus on their family. They can focus on, you know, doing ministry alongside the, alongside their spouse. Yep. I got no problem with that. No, absolutely. No problem with that. No, it's, it's the money coming from the church that I think that, uh, there, you could make an argument for yeah. that being How much limited is too much. Yeah. Uh, to some degree. Yeah. And I think just to kind of, you know, going back to the benchmarks thing, you know, I think generally a youth pastor's salary roughly would fall into a general range of the following roles. Mm -hmm. Like this, yep. is, this is, this is be, be kind of, this is not to compare apples to apples as in like these positions do the same thing. This is more so just like a, historically and, and just, you know, looking at other salaries nationwide, these are very, very similar. Yep. Uh, teachers are probably the biggest one. Like yep. this, this is often the benchmark that even we looked at when we were looking at our youth pastor. Yeah. And I will say too, along these lines, when it, when you look at a church from a broad sense, one of the metrics I've heard is that a senior pastor should be paid no more than the district superintendent. Interesting. In in the school district that you're in. Sure. Uh, and so that way, like it kind of falls along the same lines as the teacher. Yep. Uh, you know, if that's the district superintendent, okay, you've got principals and then teachers underneath them in that setting. Yep. So for for a church setting, you know, teachers is a great benchmark for for youth pastors. Hundred percent. Yeah. You could also put police officers in there as well. They're mm -hmm. they're in a very very similar bracket, uh, social workers. Again, there's a lot of variability in, in the social work field, depending where you are, how experienced you are, that type of thing. But, yep. um, relatively speaking, that's the same way 
um, depending on bus drivers and what district yeah. you're in, that type and, of thing. And bus drivers could potentially be one for uh, if if you do need to pay them hourly. Hourly, yeah. Because uh, bus drivers, not only are they paid hourly, but at least where we are, they advertise it everywhere. Because oh, they're always looking for oh, more man. bus drivers. It's and so terrible. You just drive down the street and you can probably find out yeah. what the bus drivers are making in your area. Uh, so yeah, those are, those are some great benchmarks. If you, if you're a senior pastor listening to this, trying to figure out what to pay your youth pastor, but also if you're a youth pastor, uh, struggling to figure out what you should be paid, uh, you know, coming up on the end of the year, if that's when you and your church have some of those financial conversations, I think that this is, uh, those are some great points to, to start with to try to figure that out. Uh, the last thing that we want to talk about here is uh, some other ways that youth pastors can be compensated uh, other than just straight up like a salary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll see churches do kind of like special offerings. Some churches will call them love offerings, uh, you know, whatever form they might take. That's a pretty common, I'd say, uh, avenue for for kind of an extra compensation uh, you know, like our church here every Christmas season, our, our board is gracious enough to, they, they put out, uh, a table in our foyer with a basket, uh, for, you know, with like one for each pastor and they mm-hmm. literally call them the pastor's baskets. Nice. Uh, I know real creative. Uh, and then like, if anybody wants to like, you know, put a card in, you know, or whatever in those baskets, they, they can. And, yep. uh, it's a, it's a huge blessing and we really appreciate it. And, uh, that's really cool. Um, housing is another one. Uh, you know, parsonages are mostly, I'd say a thing of the past, but you will still see some churches. Uh, and basically if you're not familiar, uh, basically what a parsonage is, is a house owned by the church Mm -hmm. that the pastor lives in rent free, typically rent free. Mm -hmm. And this is actually, if you're in the pastoral world, you've probably heard of a housing allowance. This is actually where the origins of that came from because it was much more popular back in the day. And so it's, it's hard for the IRS to calculate what that means. And so their solution was that clergy uh, could designate a portion of their income as a housing allowance. And I'm not going to get, this is a huge rabbit hole that I could go down, Oh yeah, but they can designate a portion of their income as housing allowance. And then that doesn't get taxed. Uh, you know, it kind of to even the playing field between pastors that do and do not have the option of a parsonage. Uh, but that's, that's a great, uh, great avenue for, uh, you know, some churches, if they have a, a house where a youth pastor or somebody on staff can stay. Yeah. And then, I mean, there are other things you can do as well. Um, you know, along that same line, uh, like if, if your church is able to offer benefits, uh, you know, maybe you can't pay them a ton, but you can offer them, Hey, uh, we have a really good health insurance plan. Uh, you know, you, you can jump on that with yep. us. Um, you know, it might be, I mean, time is a huge way you can give back. Uh, you know, so we have on here, uh, maturity and paternity leave. Uh, when our son Ellis was born, I got, I got some substantial time off, uh, just to kind of be with my family and get settled. And like, that was, that was worth its weight in gold. You know, I mean, that was, that was some very, very intentional time that was very helpful, uh, to me, but 
you know, maybe it, maybe that means, hey, we can't pay you it as much as we want to, but we're gonna give you some extra PTO, uh, yeah. you know, so you can just go in and do something for yourself. Uh, you know, other small things. Uh, this this would probably be under special offerings as well, but uh, Christmas bonuses. I know Kyle alluded to it before, but you know, hey, maybe you got some wiggle room at the end of your year, and so you're gonna give each of your staff an extra weeks of pay uh, or something like that. Uh, but yeah. I just, I can't believe we didn't write this down, but, uh, like retirement matching. Yeah. Right. Uh, like, like matching a 401k or something like that is, uh, is another one that, uh, I think is, you know, pretty common, like, Hey, up to a certain percentage of your, of your income, if you put it in, we'll match it or, or things like that is yep. another great way to uh, technically that is still, you know, some of these are still financial, but it's a, it's a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then another one that my my lead pastor before me did for me that was really really good is um, paid retreats or conferences. Like, hey, uh, I'm gonna send you on this retreat to you know wherever it is, and like we'll we'll cover your transportation, we'll cover your hotels. Like, you just go and receive and just get filled up and just like really kind of get sharpened up um, personally and professionally. Uh, that that's super super helpful because like someone like me who who loves to learn. You know, some of those retreats, by the time you get the transportation in the hotels, like it's it's a decent chunk out of your budget personally that already is a little smaller than you hoped it would be. And so uh, small things like that will go a long way. Yeah, for sure. And then the last one on here is uh, is a sabbatical. Um, you know, if, if your church wants to uh, use that as an investment tool, uh, in your, in your youth pastor or, or whoever it is, uh, that that's one that is, I I'd say gaining steam. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think I've talked about it. Like our senior pastor this past summer, uh, was, was on sabbatical for, I think it ended up being about 10 weeks. Uh, you know, Derek, you've done, uh, some sabbatical stuff as did the, the senior pastor that you mm-hmm. took over for. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's one that, uh, I would I would say if it's done right, it can be really really filling yeah. and fulfilling and and good not just for the youth pastor yeah but good for the ministry you know when they come back as well that could be in a whole other episode yeah as maybe well. maybe we'll have to do a youth ministry sabbatical yeah uh, like episode oh man that'd be sweet um, okay this is this might be the longest episode that we've I was ever wondering done. we're in like an hour and seventeen minutes right now that's what I'm talking um, about but we appreciate you guys sticking with us for uh, for the whole conversation uh, if you have any questions about this or you just want to talk more uh, we would love to uh, to continue the conversation you can reach us. Uh, at how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. Uh, but other than that, I think we're good. Uh, on behalf of Derek, I am going to go ask for a raise. Goodbye. Goodbye.